God the creator, is Genesis just a myth or a historical reality? Paul Nelson, who's a uh, philosopher of science at the Computer History Museum in the USA, says in a video that I watched on Saturday morning that there are two paradigms or interpretive frameworks used to interpret the world around us. The conventional paradigm and the genesis paradigm. The conventional paradigm, what the world believes, and the genesis paradigm paradigm, which is what God has told us has happened. Each has a different view of how long the earth has been here, including the origin of rocks, animals, and the stars. Each sees, each paradigm, each understanding, interprets according to different historical assumptions. The Genesis paradigm interprets everything in light of the timeline and events recorded in the first chapters of Genesis. The first book of the Bible. The conventional paradigm, which is what the world tends to believe, interprets interprets everything according to the timeline and events constructed over just the last 200 years as a replacement for that biblical history. So the belief that the world is billions of years old and that people came from monkeys and and stuff is only recent in the history of the world as people's minds decided that they didn't want to believe in God and so they had to come up with something that's different. The ultimate conflict Well, the conflict is ultimately between the two competing histories of the world. You know, just recently, I spoke with uh, a man who's a young, young man, about my age. And I used to grow up with uh, this this man as a boy. We used to play our Hofner guitars when we were 10 years old and have jam sessions. And he came from a Christian home. And I came from a Christian home. And he felt, felt it very necessary to tell me that he had a different view of the, the Bible these days. They'd been watching a lot of Discovery Channel on, on Sky TV. And he'd seen a lot of the environ, environmental programs and what have you. And he said, there's just no, no doubt whatsoever that this world is millions and millions of years old. and So therefore I can't equate that with what the scripture says. So what I saw was that he had lost a lot of his faith in the Lord because he, he went on to become a very successful businessman and very wealthy. But I believe he's lost that walk with the Lord. I would suggest that if anyone has had a truly born-again experience, that's where the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you, and you commune with God on a daily basis, you would never lose your faith in God. And you wouldn't believe a whole lot of man-made assumptions, primarily developed by atheists who don't believe in God, 
And I'd go so far to say that if you don't believe in God, Jesus, his son, and the Holy Spirit, it is likely that you'd believe in anything. Aliens rule the planet. Mankind came from an amoeba that happened by chance to climb out of a mud pool. If we die, we might come back as an insect. Or that the Warriors will win the next 10 games. The video that uh, I was watching uh, has just been produced. It's brand spanking new. And in its 100 minutes, which I watched on Saturday morning, of in-depth documentary footage and discussion that examines the two paradigms I've been talking about, is called, Is Genesis History? And you can get, the, get it for yourself, or you can borrow it off me, or rent it for $100 a night. or borrow it for free, you choose. And I would recommend that families with teenagers or the youth group uh, borrow this from me as it will help them navigate through much of the wrong paradigm teaching that they are being exposed to at school and university. Now as a treat this morning, here is a trailer of the movie. There are many questions about the history of the Earth. What major events might have occurred to shape it? Was there a global flood? A Big Bang? How did the Earth become filled with so many amazing and diverse creatures? I'm Del Tackett, the creator of The Truth Project, and I've spent a year asking a wide variety of scientists to help me better understand the world we see around us. Well, it was a story that we all learned in grammar school. Colorado River, over tens of millions of years, cut the Grand Canyon. Most geologists have jettisoned that idea. You can't imagine a canyon enduring that long with erosion. Time is not a magic wand that solves all the geologic problems of the world. The past is the key to the present. You want to understand why the way the world is today, you've got to understand what happened in the past. You take the present processes and extend it into the past, not unreasonable, but there's evidence in the rocks themselves that you can't do that. If the fossils of dinosaurs have been dated incorrectly, then it's very likely the fossils of any organism have been dated incorrectly, and therefore then the geologic ages themselves are incorrect. I believe in change over time, but I'm not an evolutionist. The shark has the ability to change, to adapt, to respond dynamically to the environment. But there are still sharks. And when we look at the fossil record, there are still sharks. We've been told to look at a history of the Earth that is millions and billions of years old. Is there evidence that it could have been created in only a matter of days? You really need to begin by looking at the governing paradigm about the history of life and the history of the universe. We've got two possibilities, and all the natural history museums in the country all give you just one of those views. Is there a recorded history 
that shows us a different view. And when we look at the fossil record, we can see the complexity is all there from the beginning, and this, this begs the question of where did all this complexity come from? An ancient history recorded in the book of Genesis. You have this notion that there is providence that is then worked out across time in a linear, understandable, traceable fashion. We'll come face to face with an earth-shattering question. Is Genesis history? Okay, so you've guessed it. Apart from one or two people at the back of the room, I don't believe we came from monkeys. And because I believe God is God and what he says is absolute truth, because the Bible says that God cannot lie, the Genesis paradigm makes a lot more sense to me. So let's look at what God has said. Can we get it to change? Great. Can we take the live mic and just each person read one of, one of the scriptures so you don't have to listen to me all morning? So one row read a scripture, then the next row, then the next row, then the next row. So we'll go on Genesis 1, and we're going to go through Genesis 1 to 31 from the New King James Version. Thanks. Thanks. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And so the evening and the morning were the first day. Next verse. And there was light. Oh, wait. Then God, <laughs> then God said, let there be a ferment in the midst of the water and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the ferment, ferment and divided the waters which, there, or which were under the ferment from the waters which were above the ferment. And it was so. God called the ferment heaven so the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that this was good. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and it was so. <laughs> Can we go back one? This is not working. How are we going? 
who've had to let the earth bring grass, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass. Number seven. Okay, move on to the next one. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, you shall have it for fruit. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. 
This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Thank you. Now the guy who helped put this video together was is Dale Tackett, who was the creator of the Youth Project, the Truth Project, which you may know about. And he answers the question, did God create the world in a few days or billions of years with an interesting observation? And we did see the picture of the, the Colorado River at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And even geologists are saying, well, we've always thought that it must have taken a million years for the Grand Canyon to, to have developed. But they've begun to realise that the the river is still flowing through there and it's not going down any deeper. It's, it's staying about the same. And so they're not too sure what actually happened. Now, especially because, have a look at this canyon here. That's not the Grand Canyon. That's another canyon that was created in 1981. When St. Helens volcano exploded, it sent a surge of plasma, whatever it is called, through, down through what was flat land. And it carved out a whole channel and then it came back. So it happened in days. Stephen Austin, geologist, discusses the Grand Canyon, asks the question, what do the rocks tell us? Look at all those different layers of rock. Some scientists believe, oh, it took millions of years for those layers to come up. But the scientists are now beginning to realise that, no, something cataclysmic happened. And what it was, we believe, was the greatest catastrophe that ever happened in the world, which was the Great Flood. Do you know that the flood was global? It wasn't local. And when that flood came over America... It went in and it went out, and it went in and it went out, and that's how all those layers of rock, look at all the different layers. Came in, dropped sediment, came out, dropped sediment, came in, dropped sediment. You know, su such an event would have transformed everything on the Earth's surface and left an enormous amount of residue. And that's exactly what we see when we look at the layers of, of rock that cover the planet. There are huge mega sequences around the world of different layers of things that they can't explain. And there is massive evidence of substantial erosion on the earth from the advance and the retreat of the floodwaters. These evidences and many more point to a great catastrophe in the earth's past, just as the Bible records Let's look at Genesis 5, 17 and 20. For 40 days the flood kept coming on the earth and as the waters increased they lifted the ark higher above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits. Every living creature, every living thing that moved on
perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth and all mankind. Everything on dry land that has the breath of life in its nostrils died. Isn't the Bible very specific when it's talking about things? Every living creature on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and creatures that moved along the ground and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. And the waters flooded the earth for 150 days. That's five months. For five months, this world was covered in water, crashing, crashing, making all sorts of things, all the different stratas of land coming up from what God had already produced before got radically changed, proving that things can happen very quickly. They don't take millions of years at all. So for five months the flood came and went and sculptured the earth that God had first created and explorers and scientists are still finding evidence of the sea bottom on the tops of the mountains. Alida, have you found any seashells up the top of Tokotoka yet? Yeah, yeah. There you go. So how did they get there? During the flood, as tidal waves pushed over the existing continents, different kinds of sediment and ecosystems were picked up and carried and deposited in massive layers on top of each other. Look at the sequence here. Marcus Ross, a paleontologist with Discovery Park in America, says this. The presence of marine fossils on the continents, so marine fossils right inland, the sudden appearance, etc., 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 and the pattern of the of trackways, which are footprints below the body fossil, all points fossils, all point to the record in Genesis where God said He was going to wipe out a violent earth with a global flood. Marcus says that men and all of the animals over which we ruled were judged at the time of the flood. Have a look at this. This is incredible. Who doesn't believe in dinosaurs? You all believe in dinosaurs? Well, so you should, because in Wyoming, there's a whole track of land where there are thousands of dinosaur bones. Thousands of them. And they're we should have moved on by now. They're picking them up and studying them. And Arthur Chadwick, who's a tabonomist, tabonomist, must mean tap bones, from Hanson Ranch in Wyoming, if you go over there you can see it, where they discovered a massive dinosaur bone bed. Look at that. A layer of mudstone three to four foot thick is spread over a hundred acre area and contains five to ten thousand large dinosaurs. Millions of bones are separated and display a unique sorting process. They are in a graded bed with larger, heavier bones at the bottom and smaller, lighter bones at the top. Now this could only occur through a major waterborne catastrophe. Do you realise that before Noah, the population of the earth was only in the area of Mesopotamia? So what was happening in the rest of the world? Do you realise that there were dinosaurs 
because they were created when God made the animals. So there were still dinosaurs all over the world. I don't know if there are any in Mesopotamia because they didn't, they didn't talk about it. But in America and in Russia and all other places, they find them. Just like they find mammoths frozen when part of, part of the world went through a bit of an ice age. And when the great flood came, all of these animals were wiped out. How else could man expand throughout the world if there was a 30-foot dinosaur poking his head through the window? It would be a bit difficult. Next one. Evidence of these kind of barriers is seen throughout the fossil record with animals suddenly appearing, fully formed, and then disappearing from higher layers. This is Big Al that you're looking at at the moment. He's a friendly fellow, and he's a juvenile. He was found in 1981 in northern Wyoming. The website says 145 million years ago. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. The skeleton was unusually well preserved with over 95% of his bones found that were in the same position when it died. Do you think if it had been 145 million years ago, it would still even exist? It would have disappeared into dust. So let's look at another false theory that is taught everywhere today. One of the conclusions of evolution is that natural selection worked over millions of years. They've always got to go to millions of years. Do you realise that evolution cannot work unless you believe that the world took millions of years? And all the diversity of life we see in the world. Genesis, however, says God created animals fully formed according to their kind. Did you see how scripture picked that up right at the beginning? He made the animals according to their kind. He made the birds according to their kind. Why does scripture say that? Why does he say the word according to their kind? Do you realise that it's because birds can never become tigers? Do you re realise that dogs can never become cats? No kinds, which evolution teaches, will develop one after another. It can't happen. The DNA in the animals cannot form into another kind. Isn't the Bible clever? Look at Genesis 1, 24 to 25. Then God said, let the earth bring forth a living creature according to its kind. A cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind. Cattle according to its kind cattle according to its kind. You farming guys, do you think cows ever came from horses? Do you think cows could ever become horses? And everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. When we study the similarities and differences of animals, 
A better explanation is that each kind possesses enormous potential for genetic change. That's why you have all sorts of change cats. These changes within the same kind have often been pointed to as an argument for evolution. But changes between kinds have never, ever been observed. In all the rock records, there is no record of this kind of animal and then the next stage and the next stage. No, you can only ever find this animal and then you might find this animal. There is no indication. That's what's called the missing link. Because there is no missing link, it doesn't exist. Next one. You know, cats will always be cats and will never become dogs. And the cat family contains lions and leopards, leopards, cheetahs and jaguars, but they're all big cats. They're all in the same family tree. I wonder if um, Jenna ever thinks where her horse came from. Do you think her horse came from a dog? Or it came from cats? And yet evolution tries to portray that all animals and man evolved over millions of years from a sludge pond that miraculously appeared from nowhere. Look at what Darwin produced and the schools teach this. Origin of life. An amoeba in a pond. Somehow or other crawled out of the pond and out of it came all these different animals over millions of years. So how did a shark turn into an elephant? How did a dinosaur end up being mankind? God forbid we ever believe in the science of atheists. Fortunately, there are many atheists even who are scientists who don't believe in evolution. They don't know what the answer is, but they know that evolution is just so full of holes. And you hear about carbon dating, that this was a carbon dating shows this. Do you know that there are seven assumptions in the process of carbon dating? Would you believe anything that had seven assumptions in it? An assumption means you've got to guess that maybe this is true, that this is true, and this is true. And if, you, if it all was true, well, then carbon dating would say this. But it's just not true. You know, I can't buy the ridiculous and foolish and clearly demonic explanation for how life began. The prophet Elijah says, Isaiah 66 2, For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. And in Romans 1.20 we read, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Mankind is without excuse, because although they knew God, 
They did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish heart were darkened. Was darkened. In Romans 1.22, it says, Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their heart to dishonour their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. See, if we don't believe in the creator, we, we will then start believing in creation. We will believe that the trees are God's. We will believe that the earth is God. We'll believe that the rivers are God. We will believe anything but God if we don't believe in him. Now what about you out there in the, in the pew? What about you listening to this message today? Who created you? Listen to what King David said, Psalm 139. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are your works, and my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance. being yet unformed. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me. This is what God thinks of you. How precious, precious also are your thoughts to me, O Lord. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, there would be more number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You know, David knew the Creator... So he could write songs after song after song about praising him. And in John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish and have everlasting life. Romans 10 says, The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, if you don't know the Creator personally, if you're not walking and talking with him, you know, you may have an intellectual belief in God. You may have an intellectual belief in the Bible. But have you been born again? Have you actually receive the Holy Spirit into you and it's changed your life. Because if you had, you have an un if that happens to you, if you have been born again, you can have a walking, talking relationship with that creator who made this earth. If you've just got an intellectual belief in the Bible, you won't have that relationship with Jesus and you won't know him. So if you don't walk and talk with Jesus, you can know him today. And if that's what you want, then 
Say this prayer after me. Let's just all bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it after me. If you want to know Jesus and be born again and you haven't made that decision, if you still believe that some crazy things, that God isn't the creator, just say, dear Lord, Lord Jesus, I invite you to come and dwell in me. Thank you for creating me. Thank you for dying on the cross so that I might receive forgiveness for my sin. I confess you as my Lord and Saviour. Hear this prayer, my Lord, and save me. Heal me and rescue me from the molestation of the enemy. Thank you, Jesus.